Well, everybody, what's the crack? And welcome back to episode number 30 of the Inline G Flute Podcast with me, your host, Inline G. And what an episode it is since day one. This has been my dream podcast episode. And very serendipitously, it has occurred bang on episode number 30. So regular listeners of this podcast, or even if you've just dipped your toes into the odd episode, will know that there is one flute player in the world who stands above them all for me. Their name pops up in pretty much every single episode of this podcast. Keep a little eye out for them. And honestly, I just wanted this podcast to grow and establish itself, and for me as a podcaster to mature a little bit more before I even considered asking them to come on. But now that we have curated the most empathetic, compassionate, and downright hilarious corner of the flute community. The time is nigh. So this week's guest on the NIG Flute Podcast is Sony Classical Recording Artist, ARD Competition Winner, International Soloist, Award-Winning Chamber Musician, Professor at the CIR de Paris, Victoire de la Musique Double Nominee, Principal Flute of the Radio France Philharmonic Orchestra, and my wee mate, Magali Monnier. I sat down with Magali in a recent trip to Paris, we had a green tea and an espresso together and we talked about everything from playing under the great Myung Wong Chung conductor to giving countless contemporary flute concerto premieres, her 20-year evolution of that great Debussy La Premier solo, right up to winning the ARD International Music Competition and what the future holds for her, we talked about it all. This was an absolute pleasure for me. Personally as well, for this podcast, it felt like a real milestone to get my favourite flute player in the world on. So if you want to hear that interview right now, away you go, skip ahead a minute or two. Just before I play it, I have a little bit of housekeeping to get out of the way. So this is an independent podcast, a small independent independent podcast, entirely run by myself. The coming weeks have some big guests coming on, as well as some really in-depth solo episodes, and all this is managed entirely by me. So that is production, script writing, editing, graphic design, marketing, contacting the guests. Every single aspect is done by me. I love it. It is one of the best things I've ever done in my life. It is a great creative project. So there are two ways you can support this podcast. Number one, there is a link in the description wherever you're listening to this to donate to the podcast. If the podcast is free, the podcast will always be free. I will never bring in a system where you pay more for more content. However, if you wish to donate to the podcast, I make four episodes a month. That is four hours of content every single month. Come rain nor shine. If you saw me in a pub and you said, oh, I listened to every single one of Gareth's episodes, I'm going to buy him a pint. You can do that digitally. So I recommend you donate the price of a beer or a Dr. Pepper in your country once a month. It helps keep the podcast running. It allows me to turn down a little bit of work here and there to concentrate more time and more effort into the podcast. But if you don't want to spend any money, you can still help. Like, comment, subscribe on wherever you're listening to this. So if it's on YouTube, like, comment, subscribe. If it's on Apple or Spotify, please go and give it a five-star rating as well. And follow me on social media. I am on Instagram, Facebook and TikTok under Gareth Houston Flute. I know you hate being asked to do this, but it really, really helps small independent artists in their constant ongoing battle with the algorithm. So anyway, I'm so excited. Here is Magali Meunier on the Inline G Flute Podcast. But the first thing I do ask every single guest, if you're okay ask, if you're okay being asked, is Inline G. So the podcast is called Inline G. Mm-hmm. Do you play Inline G or Offset G on your flute? I play in line G. Why do you play in line G? Well, because I learned that way. Yeah, and that's <laughs> it. And that's it. Yeah. Uh, I think if I had to learn now as a kid, yeah, it would be better offline. 
Really? You think so? Yeah. Because it's very French. All the French players play. Yeah, but thing. you know, when you when you learn as a kid with the inline system, yeah. uh, you use uh, some... Uh, oh, like the little pads. The little corks. Yeah. 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 Uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> to fill the holes. Yeah. yeah. Because you can't reach it. Yeah, true. But I don't know. I like the inline thing. I think it looks very nice. It looks nice. Yeah, yeah. That's and that's true. the most important yeah. thing. With French, yeah, is that they yeah. Look nice. Okay, so we're team inline G then. <laughs> you might change. Okay, well, yeah, I'm going to do the introduction. We're going to talk about everything, but I want to start just quickly with one of your early flute teachers, Jose Daniel Castellón. Yeah. You studied with him just because I am a massive fan of Jose Daniel. Yeah, me too. Tell me about what was it like to study with him. When did you study with him? Tell me a little bit about that. Well. Let me uh, first start with my very first teacher, mm -hmm. with whom I studied for hmm, almost 10 years, I would say, oh, okay. uh, Franck Edouard. Yes. Yeah. And Franck is a close friend to José Daniel. Oh, really? Uh, yeah. He, they had the same teacher, uh, flute teacher in uh, Lyon. Who was their uh, teacher? Marius Boeuf. Ah, yes. Okay. Yeah, and uh, Franck is a little older than José Daniel, three or four years. Okay. And uh, I think he's also his uh, godfather. Really? Yeah. Oh, wow, yeah. cool. So it's, um, they are my family. Yeah. Yeah, they are very close friends, and we love to spend time together to, to drink famous wines. And, oh, well, that doesn't sound uh, play bad at pétanque all. and uh, <laughs> do some barbecue, and yeah. Oh, well, the next it's time you play Petonk so. with Jose Daniel, can I come? <laughs> I want to play Petonk and drink wine with Jose Daniel. That sounds great. Is there, is there a similarity between their teaching styles, do you think? Or their playing styles? Yeah. Do you find any similarities? Yeah, definitely. Uh, typical French school. And uh, I know that, yeah. you're happy to hear this. Yes, very much uh, so. Marius Boeuf, I think he was... Um, he was a student uh, himself from uh, Joseph Rampal. Okay. Jean-Pierre Rampal's father. Father, yeah. yeah, in Marseille. Yeah, okay. And then he was flute teacher in Lyon, and uh, I had the chance to meet him. Uh, oh, okay. Very nice man. Um, so, uh, of course, it was like an evidence to, to, yeah. to after Franck, to go to José Daniel. Okay. Yeah, Jose Daniel's playing, I'm a huge fan of him. Um, I can definitely hear the similarities between your playing and Jose Daniel's. Mm -hmm. Do you think that's fair? Well, yeah, I, I take it. Because yeah. he's quite a unique flute player in many ways. Mm -hmm. I think there's not many players like Jose Daniel, but you're one of the players. The other player who's quite similar would be Michel Mohagas. I think he's similar kind of school. I hear the similarities between them. Um, but yeah, what do you think you got off Jose Daniel? What do you think... Do you think you inherited his sound, or is that just pure Magali? Oh, of course, I uh, I inherited many things, and I hope I I did. Yeah. <laughs> um, also, the 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 envy to to discover new repertoires all the time, uh, and yeah, to okay. to 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 switch from baroque to uh, extra contemporary, yeah. and. Uh, um, yeah, it definitely came from him. Yeah. Um, okay. And uh, the, I'm also always and still very impressed by uh, 
his way of teaching the the passion he puts in yeah, it I can and uh, how he devotes himself his time yeah. to his students and uh, the 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 way he he encourages uh, his students to to see themselves like a family okay. like a group they As he, the class. yes the class yeah. the idea of class but to support the others to, yeah, to, yeah. to I mean to take the good things from Each one other. another yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, and I, I, I think I'm I'm teaching the same way nowadays. Yeah. Well, I was just uh, about to ask that. Yeah. Yeah. Do you think that's important then for a teacher to make sure they build a nice atmosphere as a class? Because you're teaching now with yeah, the same Yeah, because now, so. it's it's the good, uh, do you say it in English? Emulation? Or is, uh, am I, yeah, am I translating? Yeah. I think the, that's the, good, yeah. yeah. Emulation, yeah, I think. Emulation, I yeah. mean, but in a... Don't test my English. <laughs> my English is terrible. <laughs> uh, yeah, in the good way. It's yeah. not competition at all. Exactly. Okay. Yeah. So that's important for you with it's, your class. I mean, to grow together. Yeah. This is good uh, in one. This is good in the other. And let's put it together. And then yeah. both are. I totally growing. get that. Yeah. yeah. I love that about France. Actually, I like the class system. I like studying as a class because obviously in other countries we don't do that. We get individual lessons mm -hmm. and we never see our other colleagues or our fellow students studying. But I love that in France of watching everyone play. It's also quite nerve wracking. Like I got very nervous. Yeah, sometimes. yeah. And it depends maybe on the instrument, I don't know, or on the teacher or on the students, of yeah. course. Uh, it's evident there could be competition. There's always some competition. Yeah. But I never felt well, this in the classes I studied. Really? No yeah. competition? You never felt competitive no, at all? No, um, I remember when I was in the CNSM, uh, there was uh, a lot of competition between violin players, for instance. Yeah. Or, yeah. But not in my class. Really? Never. No competitive no. aspect? No. Do you think that's good? Do you think that's healthy? Oh, definitely. Yeah. yeah. There's no like healthy amount of competition, you think? Or... You're better just on um, that I, level. I, I mean, in art, it's you're not competing against exactly. the others. Uh, you're totally trying your best to 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 serve the composers and to to, yeah. to be a the the best interpreter you you, you can be. But yeah. uh, it's not at the at the expense of the others. Exactly, um, I agree. Yeah. There's space for all mm -hmm. of us. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I do. I agree with that. Okay, I've gotten notes here, but I have to try and follow them. It's very hard to follow. Um, I want to talk about your orchestral career first. So I was looking this up. You've been principal flute of the Radio France since 2003? Yeah. 21 years this year? Yeah. That is a long time. Wow. <laughs> I didn't know it was that long. That's incredible. So when you got the job at Radio France, uh, the lead, the, the head conductor was Young Won Chung. Yeah. Please tell me about him. Did he have much of an influence on you? What did he give you as a musician? What do you think of him? Oh, yeah. I remember one day, uh, my uh, the flute assistant uh, at ah, the CNSM, yeah. Georges yeah. Alirol, yes. yeah. told me, you always uh, keep a certain affection to your first 
like, musical director yeah. and that's true i mean yeah. uh, when you meet such a conductor who gives you the opportunity to play in such an orchestra and i mean who who shows you his trust yeah you uh, you feel uh very attached to them yeah yeah for your life yeah um, i can imagine do you want know so maybe i'm not that objective talking about myung Wan chung and but no need yeah There's nothing yeah yeah, here. yeah everybody knows he's he's incredible a yeah. i'm such a fan of him but i've always thought about it just because obviously i took lessons with you i studied with Catherine as well he was director of the opera back mm -hmm. in the 90s so Catherine is a massive fan of chung as well yeah um and i was always wondering maybe if something from chung's musicality maybe filtered down through to me because i had you and i had Catherine. i was wondering maybe I don't know, musically, have I learned something that might have came from Chung eventually? Do you mm -hmm. think you learned anything musically from him? Or what yeah. did he give you musically? Oh yeah, always. I mean, the way he he always wants you to to, to play into the long line and and be careful of the uh, the way you tongue, I mean, for, oh, for really? the okay. flute, but uh, it was especially with the strings, the work he did. Okay. Uh, the way he wanted them to to hold the sound yeah. uh, and with this kind of gesture like i don't want <clears throat> i want yeah things like this it's yeah. really inspiring I, I can't express it uh precisely in you words do, yeah. but uh the feeling it, it's so evident when you're in situation oh it really is when you mm -hmm. hear chung's orchestras oh i'm such a fan of them um but yeah 20 years now First question about that, do you have any particular highlights? Any concerts that really stand out in your time with Radio France? Can I tell you my favorite one first? Oh yeah? I saw you guys doing with Miko uh, Electra, mm -hmm. the Philharmonie de Paris. Yeah, I remember oh, these. Oh my yeah. God, that was incredible. That was my favorite Radio France concert. Mm -hmm. That was unbelievable. Um, yeah, a few as well of you as soloists, but we'll talk about that later, but orchestrally, that was amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, also, I saw you guys do the Beethoven Third Piano Concerto with Annie Saha Ut. That was that was special too. They're my two favorites. Is there yeah. any, anything that stands out for you? Well, so many, so lot, many yeah. good uh, memories. Um, uh, of course, with Chong, uh, um, especially while touring, because. Yeah. Uh, it's it brings a certain atmosphere i mean you you live with your colleagues you live with the True. group sometimes it's heavy yeah. but i mean the the everybody lives his own um problems or uh, you yeah. know um everything you you live everything at home and you just France. bring your music yeah. and you 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 have to be a hundred percent in the concerts and yeah in on tour it's always different from okay. from concerts at home yeah uh, so I have very good memories from touring with Chong and some great concerts with Esapeka uh, Salonen yeah with Boulez also did you play on your Boulez as well yeah yeah because he was involved with Radio Radio France as well wasn't he well he came twice I think uh well, uh, in my years, yeah, yeah. Uh, he came long time ago pr previously, but uh, and 
I mean, I had the chance to, to meet him uh, otherwise uh, with the Ensemble Intercontemporain, but yeah. also playing yeah. uh, uh, his solo piece yeah. um, in oh, Salzburg. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, so I had a personal relationship yeah. with him yeah. and, and this, this man was so inspiring too. I mean, this, his, uh, his recording of the Debussy L'Après-Midi with Cleveland is... With the still, yeah, yeah, it's my that favorite. is incredible. I, I, I don't even remember of the flute solo, especially, but the way he brings the music up to yeah. the climax, and then it's it's just uh, well. He has incredible Pierre Boulez. Yeah, I actually saw you play. He has a sonatine for flute, mm -hmm. but he also has another piece. I saw you play at the Traversière Festival yeah. a few years ago. What was that? Exactly. Uh, Memorial. But yes, that was it. Yeah, that was That's a really good piece. That's this piece I played in Salzburg for ah, him uh, okay. with uh, Daniel Harding oh, in Mother yes. Chamber. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So do you remember your first tour with uh, Radio Falls with the orchestra? Actually, I do. Yeah. Well, I'm so surprised. <laughs> it wasn't I do. That long ago, like. Yeah, because I was still on trial. Okay. okay. Uh, so I entered the orchestra uh, very in the very last days of June in 2003, yeah. and then I started my trial period uh, okay. in September, and I think it was in December we had the tour uh, in Greece with Chung. Ooh, nice. Yeah. And that was my first tour, and it was special, yeah. What did you play? Do you remember what the repertoire was? Yeah, Beethoven's Third, third Symphony. Yeah, but then your first tour with the orchestra, obviously the Eroica Symphony has a flute solo in mm -hmm. it. Were you really nervous for that, or were you okay at this point? That's quite a bad I was, uh, I mean, but I still have the feeling uh, when we play with Chong that there is still this same atmosphere i mean you feel like you have to be awake yeah. you have to be ready he he can make you nervous in a way okay and um you have to overcome this feeling yeah and be into the music and propose and yeah. then it's just pure joy because yeah. he trusts you so much he leaves you so much space to express yourself. I mean, just I I, I can't even explain it. You're in the way you're, you're excited so and yeah. fright and frightened, and uh, but you <laughs> you won't do it. He always brings this. Okay, and that's yes. Yeah, so you and I I, I still have um I think I I had from the beginning it was the same feeling. Yeah. Okay. Mm -hmm. That's incredible because I think going on tour when you're on trial still and getting a piece like a Ruwika as a flute player, I'd be like, oh, that's a, that's a big start with the solo. Just, I think that's a bit of a, it's quite scary. But it is. But if you do not overcome this feeling, you cannot do it. True. true. <laughs> Actually, I'm going to ask you about solos then because obviously you play with the Radio France Orchestra, so you do a lot of French music quite mm -hmm. frequently. I'm assuming you've played La Premini dans le Fun. Oh yeah, so times. many times. Do you remember your first? I remember it very well. Uh, same story for L'Après-Midi than for Daphnis. Okay. Um, first was Daphnis. Okay. And the first time I had to play it was with my orchestra, with Myung Won Chung, 
and yeah. it was for the recording. Oh, I know the exact album you're talking about. So the Daphne's one, yeah, that was 2004, I want to say. Yeah. I can see the album cover in my head. It's like yeah. the beautiful like white gray cover. Exactly. Uh, and uh, wow. it's for Digi. Yes, that's right. Yeah, it's Digi and, Gramophone. Yeah. Uh, it's such a strange feeling because it's one of the biggest solos of the <laughs> repertoire. Yeah. And uh, and you never get got to play, you never got got Yes. Yeah. You never got to yeah. play it uh, play in yeah. concert. You never um, got the chance to experiment yeah. it, to 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 melt it to you know in yeah, the rehearsals and, and in the concerts and yeah. when you tour you you every yeah. every you, night is different and yeah. it's so exciting. Yeah. But when you have to play it for the first time and for the recording it's a little frustrating yeah. in the meantime, of course. When you do the recording, do you only get one chance at it or do they do it a couple of times? No, we did it a couple of times, okay. but I wished I could have played it in concerts before recording it. Yeah, okay, well that's, yeah. And same story for L'après-midi. First time I had to play it was for was... the recording with Miko. Seriously? Mm -hmm. Wow. And it was just maybe 2006 or Yeah, so. I was about to say, so, yeah. Yeah, yeah, it was, it was quite late in, then, yeah. in the same time. And oh. those two biggest solos. Yeah. And you recorded <laughs> them first? Yes. Do you ever listen to the recordings? Have you ever went back and listened to them? Well, no. No, you don't want to? No, no, no. Okay. Well, it's one of my favorite recordings. But well, I have them somewhere here yeah. at home. But uh, I love yeah. the recordings personally, but yeah, I'm not, yeah. So you don't and, listen? And I mean, it's funny because I had to play those solos so many yeah, times all afterwards. the time, yeah. I, every time we tour, we have one of, of yeah. those two. Because we're a French even, orchestra, yeah. Even the two in the same concert. Yeah, you were telling yeah. me just before we recorded, yeah. you toured recently and you did both of them in the yeah. same program. Yeah. So like La Premidi in the first half, mm -hmm. Daphne's in the second. Uh, this time, last tour, uh, it was all in the second half. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. Funny, because uh, when we used to tour with Chong, we were starting the concerts with L'Après-Midi. Is that a good and thing or a bad thing? I mean, you you have the responsibility of, the, starting of the giving whole... the mood of, yeah, the, of the entire of, concert. Of, yeah, so that's quite a thing. Oh, and it's much well. more comfortable to start the second part of the concert, yeah? is it? Yeah, because you've already played, you've warmed up. Yeah, yeah. Okay. And I mean, you know the whole and... Uh, yeah, you've well, got a feel. you've tried it somehow in the first yeah. half, yeah. Uh, on the L'Après-Midi solo, do you have any preferences for like how it's conducted or anything like that? Have you had conductors, for example, just saying, go? Or they do... all say go. Really? Because I've seen some where they conducted as well. Well, not really. No? Maybe just... sometimes in the rehearsal to say, well, I'd like it faster or a little slower or can you take a little more time yeah. here? In the, or but just Generally. a few indications. Okay. And they just catch up at the very end of the okay. solo. Yeah. Do you think you've changed the way you've played it over the years? Has it evolved a lot for you personally? Um... I can't tell exactly because I'm not in the hall when I play it. But, ah, uh, true, yeah. Um, uh, I, I like to challenge myself and to, to, to propose, to try and propose something yeah. different every time. 
Steiner. Okay, yeah. maybe I could just do a little diminuendo and then <laughs> yeah. come back and or start a little more. Let's Why do not? Start yeah. with a little more vibrato. I don't know. I'll yeah. just experimenting. It's still experimentation. It's always experimentation. Then it would be so boring. To it have would. Only yeah. one version. I mean. Yeah. See, I'm asking you that question. I know that you've changed it over the years because I've heard you do it a lot of times. I pay attention, but I want to see if you have as well. <laughs> thought about that. Um, okay, I want to move on to solo career. But I really hope it's uh, it's not only my personal feeling. Okay. I really hope I never ask. Well, sometimes some of some of my colleagues come to me after yeah. concert and say, "Oh, I liked it tonight because you did this differently, yeah. and I love this." Yeah. Uh, I hope. Yeah, people can can notice that I do, yeah. uh, I, I do different things. <laughs> yeah. That it's not only in my brain. No, you know? it's definitely <laughs> evident. Yeah, because I've seen you rehearse it as well. I saw you rehearse it for a concert, and then the actual concert was different than the rehearsal. Mm-hmm. So I noticed that. Oh, actually, I have to ask you: Do you do it in one breath? Do you have an opinion on this in one breath? Depends. Okay, is it important for you to do it in one breath, or no? <laughs> Because it's a very a important. Shit. A lot of Sorry. people give a shit. Oh, you can swear to work. Yeah, <laughs> but they, they, that's. I mean, I mean, music is 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 singing is breathing. Yeah. I mean, you you don't play in apnea. Uh, exactly. Uh, yeah. And but experimenting all the different breaths possible, mm-hmm. you have to do. Okay. Never be uh, on the very moment. <gasps> Goodness, I need yeah. to breathe. You have to do it naturally, musically, yeah. and you have to to experiment, to practice a lot, to, yeah. to be able to do at three different uh, yeah. moments. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Actually, I'm going to ask you then about the Daphne solo. Um, do you remember? The, yeah, the first time you played it was on the recording. Sorry, you said that. Um, is it not really I always imagine playing it is quite scary because the orchestra goes so quiet mm-hmm. and you have those three bars where the basses are playing yeah. do you not think like oh shit here it comes or do you enjoy it or do you have any advice even for a player who was going to play that what to do mm-hmm. I think it must be so scary when you hear like doom doom and you get three bars of that and you're like oh here we go here we go <laughs> <laughs> that's fucking yeah but there's always this uh, ex- excitement exaltation to 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 dive into want, it yeah 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 you just want to get into it yeah mm. i think we talked about it once in a lesson i was playing it for something an, an audition and you had said to me one of the more important things is to remember to breathe out when you're mm. waiting for it instead of getting to, here we yeah. go just to go okay yeah. chill and enjoy it which actually really helped but yeah i feel like that's your teaching in general you're very chilled you really chill out your students. It was very helpful. <laughs> um, I will get to your teaching later, but I want to follow this solo career. So okay. you have three solo albums out with Sony Classical. Obviously, you have a fourth one because you're on Chevy the Mist's mm-hmm. Fruit and Harp Concerto. Um, but you gig all over the world. You do a lot of work in Germany. Why do you think that is? Why are you getting so much solo work in Germany? Well, because I got the chance to... to to uh, win the first prize in the ARD Music with Bewerb. And you think that's what got your career going then, was winning ARD? Absolutely. Um, You know, so many people, I mean, uh, concert promoters, uh, agents, uh, 
Tonemeisters. Yeah. Uh, well, what's what's the English name? Tonemeister. Oh, <laughs> uh, oh, well, yeah, do, sound German. engineers. Uh, yes. Yeah, because it's uh, it's uh, for the radio. Radio. Yeah. Um, yeah. So so many people from or around the the classical music world uh, come and listen to this to... competition. That it helped a lot. Yeah. Yeah. And. I mean, you can cut this out of the podcast if you want, but I just wanted to ask you, I think you told me once, when you won the Iron Day competition, you were pregnant at the time? Yeah. Is that true? Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Second month. Second, two months pregnant and on you go, win the competition. Well, yeah. Did it change your preparation? Did it make you... Oh, yeah. Really? Oh, yeah, yeah. I remember, um, well, it was just after my first year in the orchestra. Uh-huh. Um and I remember very well that the orchestra was playing in July in the, um, in the south of France in a mm-hmm. festival called Les Corrigies d'Orange. Yeah. Carmen with Chong. Yeah. And uh, in September, it was uh, uh, followed by a tour in uh, Japan with, okay. uh, with uh, Carmen. Okay. And... So I had to ask for, um, well, it's not vacation, but... Uh, but yeah, time yeah, off, yeah. Time off, exactly, yeah. of the orchestra. Uh, and my colleague played the Carmen in, in uh, yeah. Orange and in Japan. And uh, it was for the, the competition, uh, which uh, was taking place in yeah. September. So we were, uh, we had still other projects at the orchestra in July and I had plans that my all August would be for the preparation, preparation yeah. of this competition and then I was very beginning of August I was uh, at a festival um, somewhere in France uh, doing chamber music and I was like oh am I eating too much or maybe drinking too much <laughs> but I, I didn't have the feeling I was drinking that much yeah. but I was sleeping all the time I was like oh my god I'm so tired and then I went back home and I was sleeping and sleeping and I, I was like oh I have to practice I really have to practice and then suddenly I thought well but maybe maybe it's maybe yeah. something <laughs> <laughs> and so I had a test and well and that was it so, it was it was a shock even well, if I yeah I mean with my husband with my husband we wanted it but uh, it was so it's sudden. always a surprise yeah, yeah and, and um, you you never know uh, especially in the very beginning if yeah. it will last yeah of course yeah in the early days and, yeah. uh, and I was like oh, shall I go to this competition or just yeah. relax and take time and I was like well. Uh, they gave me some time off, and yeah. uh, and I will. I don't want to tell them right now that I'm pregnant, but uh, yeah. they, they they will think uh, uh, I don't want to go. I'm afraid, or I have to. Yeah, let's go and see. See what happens. And, yeah. um, <laughs> and then but, you won. <laughs> but I think in a way it helped because um, this competition then was not the most important thing. Yeah, it was not important yeah. anymore so you could so, enjoy it a little bit more maybe or yeah maybe um 
I was like, okay, I'm happy in life. I have a great position. I'm going to have yeah. a baby. So let's go let's, have some it's fun. It's just bonus. Yeah. Let's go and, and try. That's incredible. <laughs> that is incredible. I don't think I've ever heard a flute player talk about how to prepare for things when pregnant. That's not a, it's not something that people talk about very often. I've never heard of anyone winning a competition when they're pregnant yeah, either. I mean, pregnancy or other situations, I can't imagine. But you, you have some, you probably develop some reflexes that um, put you in a mood that you are able to do in a short time. Yeah. What you would do. Yeah. In, in... I mean, I, I was able to, to, to prepare this program practicing only maybe three hours a day yeah. when I thought I would be practicing eight hours yeah. a day. Yeah, that's incredible. I still can't believe you won that higher day competition while pregnant. That's <laughs> that's unbelievable. <laughs> you told me that one day so casually and I was like, what the fuck? Especially um, when I was there, every morning was like, am I going to to get up or yeah. vomit yeah. first or whatever? And then you just go out and win. <laughs> oh, unbelievable. So yeah, you giggle a lot in Germany because of that. Um, the UK and America, have you gigged as a soloist in the UK or America? Not so much and I regret shame. it. It is a shame. Never, the opportunity never came just or... I don't know exactly. You, you know, when you're a woman, uh, sometimes you cannot you cannot catch all the opportunities at the right moment because yeah. you are pregnant or you have or, small children yeah. or and i mean that's fine that's yeah. life yeah but uh there was a moment when i had my two kids and they were babies yeah i didn't feel like going uh, yeah to travel the to uk or america side yeah of the world i mean yeah. even in asia uh yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. the beginning i had some contracts there but okay. When they were so little, I, I couldn't leave for three weeks in yeah. a row. I mean, some uh, I admire that the there are so many wonderful piano, violin soloists. I mean, they are wonder women. Yeah. I admire them so much. Oh, I know. I, I was not able to do okay. this. Yeah. So maybe I missed some occasions, but. Well, maybe because of this podcast, maybe after this goes out, you'll be getting some (laughs) invites from America and the UK if they can afford you. Yeah, I saw Katia Boniatishvili had a child recently Mm -hmm. and she's bringing the baby with her to concerts, takes pictures afterwards, breastfeeding on stage and all after the gigs. I was like, wow, Mm -hmm. that is a lot of things to do at one time. Um, Okay, do you have a favorite solo performance you've ever done? Is there anything that stands out in your career as a soloist? Can I say my favorite as well? What do you think? (laughs) Sorry, I'm, I'm interviewing as a fan as well. Uh, my favourite was the Dalbevi Concerto. Uh-huh. I was at that. That was incredible. I actually saw someone else played it recently. Someone recorded it recently in Germany somewhere. I think it was a Spanish flute player. I'll have to check that. But I saw a video of it recently. But I was at that gig and it was incredible. That was definitely my favourite solo performance you've done. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's a nice piece. Oh, yeah. it's great, and isn't it? That's a good memory, yeah. And you got to do it with your orchestra as well. Yeah, with Lionel Bringuier. Yes, it was great. Mm -hmm. Because I think in the second half they did uh, Bolejo, I want to say. You didn't play, obviously, but yeah, that would be a little bit much. (laughs) (laughs) Come on, back in. Um, Yeah, but you're right. Yeah, Mm -hmm. that was a great concert. It's still online. Oh, it is, yeah. Everyone should definitely check it out. I have to check it out. Yeah. Well, don't worry. I've I've plugged this. I've plugged that specific video on this podcast many times. I've told people to watch it. I think it is a great concerto, but it was so good. Um, 
Yeah, that was my standout solo performance. Do you have anything that particularly stands out for you as a soloist, either as a concerto soloist or in a recital? Um, I also had the chance, uh, I mean, talking especially of um, contemporary music, yeah. contemporary concertos, uh, the Philippe Ersan concerto is very nice and I had the chance yeah. to perform it. What's it called? Dream? Dream Time. Dream Time, that's it. Yeah. yeah. You played that in Berlin, did you? Or no, no, no. Dreamtime. I played uh, not the old thing, but for the Victoire de la Musique. Ah yes, uh, that's on right. On TV, and I played it uh, in Freiburg. That's right. Yeah, I remember. Yeah, because you did, you were nominated for Soloist of the Year twice. I think uh, 2016 and 2020 for Victoire de la Musique. Mm-hmm. So it was a twenty. So. I think yeah, it was, two yeah. times. But uh, I'm not. I should be working I, for your I marketing think, uh, team. I'm, I know everything. <laughs> uh, no, I remember you preparing it because it was one year. It was in Paris as well, wasn't it? The, yeah. Yeah. But yeah, uh, it it was not the. Um, it was not for my nomination. Ah, okay. It was. No, was it, it for his nomination? His nomination. Yeah. yeah okay. Yeah. yeah. For a piece with a uh, child. Uh, yeah choir yes. children choir yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, but this piece couldn't be performed uh, in the TV show uh, don't ask me why okay and they picked one one other piece yeah. of him and this one I remember that actually yeah I really remember that I actually saw yesterday Mathilde is nominated yeah. this year as well another flute yeah. nomination yeah has a flute player ever won it I don't think so uh, Rampal maybe Rampal I had maybe um, a victoire of Honor for his oh for Pau got one as well didn't he career yeah and Pau got yeah. one I think Emmanuel oh, yeah. I hope Matina gets it this year then yeah but yeah. not so many flute players huh no really not no. yeah so especially not this not... year we have another chance with Mathilde yeah but you <laughs> were nominated twice I was oh I watched it on TV I was so annoyed that you didn't get it I was yeah but anyway we're not going to talk about that I'm not getting in trouble um yeah so that's any other standout performances as a soloist anything else. I remember recently you did, or well, semi recently, the Mantovani mm-hmm. concerto. That was a monster of a concerto. Mm. Yeah, how was that? What how was piece. that experience? That was in Berlin. Yeah, yeah. Oh, maybe that's what I'm thinking of. For, then. for the Ultraschall Festival. Uh, wow, that piece. That is a monster of a piece. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And it's, with a so big orchestra, it's quite a challenge, yeah. Oh, yeah, but mm. you did it. And you did a concerto, another contemporary concerto recently as well. Um, with bass flute I think I saw well yeah what was that bass alto and piccolo in uh, one concerto yeah uh, <laughs> Tavara flute concerto that's right yeah, yeah with Miko oh, that was a was that a premiere or was that the first time it was played no 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 I don't think so but it's never nearly never played I've never seen it before and yeah even Miko Frank who is a huge fan and who was a close friend yeah. of uh, Tavara, Tavara didn't know this piece oh wow okay how was the how was the experience playing it? Well, it, it is it's so nice music. I mean, you you can really recognize Rao Tavares. Yeah, it's, that, yeah, that's definitely his music. Yeah, and um, but it was a kind of experimentation. I mean, using all the flutes in one piece. Yeah, that's that's probably why it's not so much played because yeah. he, it's so complicated it's to have all the foreign all instruments. All flutes, yeah. Yeah. Where do you put them when you're on stage? Are they on like a table or do you set them on like flute stands? 
Yeah, they 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 were so so cute. The guys, <laughs> they organized uh, for me. Um, well, the piccolo was on the flute yeah. stand, uh, on the stand. Uh, but there was a, a flute stand, and there was also um, trumpet stand ah, for the alto okay. and the bass. And okay, it was so they perfectly. Okay. Oh, fitting. okay. Is it weird switching between them in a in a like? Because I always feel when you switch to bass flute. And then you pick up the normal flute afterwards. The normal flute feels very small or very yeah. weird or yeah. I never like it. I mean, it's like... Yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly, yeah. <laughs> I oh. Do you play... Yeah, physically, it's, it's, yeah. it's really strange. Especially for the bass flute, yeah, because they mm-hmm. are quite heavy mm-hmm. as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Did you, um, do they go in order? So is it like bass flute first, then alto flute, then? No, it no, just, that, that would be That'd be nice, so yeah. <laughs> do they switch about everywhere then? Uh, yeah. Oh, okay. Any other standout performances as soloists before we move on to the next bit? Mm, I'll put, I, I, I like for the idea that uh, it's to come. Oh, well, we'll get to that. <laughs> we'll definitely get to that. Oh, actually, just when it came into my head, uh, the Dutia Sonatine. Mm-hmm. Am I right? You played that once for Dutia himself? Or am I yeah. making that up? Is that true? Yeah. 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 What was he like to play for? So lovely. Everyone says that. Yeah. Everyone loved only Dutia, yeah. Mm. Where did you do that? Uh, well, with my orchestra, uh, we had the chance to play a lot of his music and to yeah. record a lot of his yeah. music. So we met him uh, quite often. Yeah. And... Um, of course, I don't remember the year, uh, but uh, one year we were invited in the in the Settembre Musicale di Torino. Very good Italian. And uh, to, uh, and this year the the festival was um, around due to use music. Okay. Okay. Uh, so we were playing. It was the orchestra, and there was also a um, chamber music concert yeah. where a few of his chamber music pieces yeah. were played and uh, that's where we played the sonatine yeah. with my colleague Katrina yeah. oh Kuno. yeah Kuno, yeah and uh, so we we had the chance to 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 do the rehearsal and the concert for yeah. him and to, to to and he told us well for years i uh I didn't want people to play this music. I, I also uh, asked my editor to to cancel it from wow, my catalog okay. because it was a use piece. Yeah. Uh, but uh, the the editor never. Thank goodness, uh, <laughs> yeah. Thank goodness. <laughs> never did it, and um, well, you know, now I'm old, and I you can still. Uh, feel all the influences I had at this at this yeah. time and it's a nice piece and I like it and I like the way you play it and so it you convinced so nice. them to keep yeah. it then you think <laughs> yeah I can believe that I love the Dutia sonatine I think mm-hmm. it's a beautiful piece of music I'm a big fan of it um okay next up teaching I'll talk a bit about your teaching so you're at the CRL in mm-hmm. Paris at the minute you taught in Lausanne before yeah yeah okay how long have you been at the CRL oh don't ask me Seven years. Wow, already. Mm? Okay. Really simple question, but do you like teaching? I do. Yeah? What do you like about teaching? Uh, I know it's a very simple question, I mean, but I'm very interested. No, uh, the, the easiest answer is transmission. 
<laughs> yeah. Of course. Yeah. Uh, that's obvious. But um, while teaching, you still ask you so many questions, and you you still improve yeah, yourself. Yeah, you learn. Also. Yeah, uh, and um, it's it's not just giving things to students. I mean, it it's an exchange. Yeah, I noticed that yeah. with your teaching as well. Yeah, one feed the other. Yeah, I think that's really important. Yeah, mm-hmm. do you take that sort of role as not just being a teacher, but also being supportive to your students? Because like I always felt that that you're very supportive of your students. You look after them. You're not just their teacher. You're I wouldn't say a friend necessarily, but do you view that as important for a teacher that they your students feel safe around you? They enjoy their lessons. They do you know what I mean? Yeah, sure. Uh, it's not just. You come take your lesson and we close the door and it's over. I mean, sometimes you know, you, with uh, young adults, exactly. they, they go through uh, difficult times. Yeah. I mean, they just, for the, some of them, left their family. Uh, Miles, uh, countries yeah. away, yeah. <laughs> exactly. And, um, and I mean, they need... Uh, I mean, I, I, I don't behave as a mother or... Uh, no. I don't have to be a friend. I mean, we, yeah, because we have to keep a, of course, a distance. Yeah. But um, it's more if you need something, I'm here for you. Yeah, I mean, um, yeah, that's which important. I think is very important as well. Mm-hmm. Not a lot of teachers are like that. I remember. I don't know if you remember this. I got robbed in Paris. Did I tell you this story years ago? I got all my money stolen one night. Mm-hmm. Someone stole my bank card. All my money went. I yeah. Well, he didn't steal my bank card. I kind of gave him my bank card. But but, yeah, that's another story for another time. But I remember I couldn't get any money sent over either. There was a problem with my bank. And to make money, I had a friend over at the time. And we went out into the street in Paris and just played Irish music. And got money and that paid us for a week. But I remember telling you like two days later, like, why didn't you ring me? Why didn't you talk to me? I was like, oh, (laughs) I wouldn't have thought that. Yeah, it was very nice to know that you have someone who supports you. It was very, yeah, I could have usually, yeah, that was a bad time. Um, On teaching though, a subject I have to get into because I've just talked about it, the French flute school. Now, obviously, we all know about this great École Française La Flûte. What does it mean to you when I say the French flute school? What is it to you? Is it a style of playing or is it a style of teaching? Or mm, Probably more a style of playing, even if it's less and less evident yeah. uh, nowadays uh, but I think it comes from the 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 French music in general okay you think uh, that yeah I mean when when you speak about um, the French school you refer to uh, Tafanel and Gobert yeah. and so the the early 20th century yeah. uh, when there were all those masterpieces created True, uh, yeah. Ravel, Debussy, Debussy yeah. and it was that time and it was this um, in their music this um, color of the flute but of the of the woodwinds, uh, yeah. generally, yeah. I'd say something uh, maybe not too grounded. Yeah, a little bit uh, ethereal, in the air, like, floaty. Like, um, 
uh, I like this um, image to say like it's it's more like perfume. I love that. Yeah. yeah. Um, oh, that's very French. <laughs> maybe it's what made a big difference with the German school, which was very grounded yeah. with all those masters yeah beethoven i mean yeah yeah um i think those composers those periods um determined you think it influenced yeah yeah the style of playing yeah the style of playing and probably is i i'm not the one uh, to tell but uh also the the speaking Ah, well, I was, yeah, I'm very curious about that, yeah, because I was talking about that in the episode that I think the French language definitely plays a part mm-hmm. because the shapes you make with your mouth are naturally very fluty, they're very ooh and to and stuff like that. Yeah. But, like, well, you have students probably. Have you had students that are non French speakers? I have a, a little story. Uh, years ago, um, I'm, I don't remember why, when, where exactly, well, it was in Paris, but uh, I. Uh, I was with Ransom Wilson. Oh, yeah. An American flute player yeah. who studied in Paris yes. with Rampal. Yeah. And he told me that at that time he wanted to come to Paris to learn from Rampal. Yeah. That's evident. But <laughs> that's yeah. Don't obvious. we all, yeah. Uh, but he also wanted to learn to speak very good French. Okay. Because uh, of the quality of the tonguing and he was persuaded yeah. that um, it had to deal with the speaking I think so yeah tuka, tuka, the, the articulation there is yeah um, but it's very different in French it's very gentle the tu it's not like an English kind of tu it's a different placement in the mouth I need to research that more but I think there's definitely something in it yeah have you had the, the, the way is can you say it again which one the Englishman T. It's long. T. Yeah. Can maybe, be very short. Yeah. And it sort of floats on the air <laughs> yeah. a little bit, maybe. Yeah. I actually saw a speech therapist in Paris once because I have a problem with my tongue. Um, and she got me to say tomat all the time. That was the word. <laughs> it was like tomat, tomat, tomat. And I couldn't do it properly. But that's why I'm very aware of how the T's work in French because <laughs> she really shouted at me for that. But have you had, you must have had students that aren't French. Mm-hmm. Have you told them about the importance of the French language or do you sort of, does that play a part in your teaching? No, I mean, uh, well, I don't bother them to to learn uh, French uh, in order to play the flute. Okay, okay. Uh, I mean, you're in, in France, you have to learn, I mean, to, to, to understand a, a bit. Yeah, and yeah. We all know that French people are so bad at speaking foreign languages that <laughs> if you ah. don't make an effort it's yeah it's you're gonna be complicated so yeah um just to to enjoy your life here yeah. learn the language but then uh i insist on the articulation while teaching okay of okay course. that's really interesting so you don't teach you don't promote learning french to help with the flute it's just for living then i mean yeah I'm not convinced it comes from the, the language. Okay. That's what Ransom told me. Okay. Uh, yeah, but, but you're but, French, you wouldn't know that. <laughs> but sometimes, um, for a, just 
in a phrase, uh, I put some words and yeah. uh, ask them to, to repeat yeah. them. Um, yeah, because yeah. they'll help, yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, um, right, I have to get on this next section, the future. So, yeah, I've known you for like, I think eight years now. So mm-hmm. I've seen I've seen your plan change. I'm sure your playing has changed over the last eight years. I've seen it develop. Oh, really? I feel like the last few years, especially, you're really like at your peak right now, I think. <laughs> What's next? What what's left to achieve? What's the what's on the bucket list? What would you like to do? No, it's the opposite. Decline. No, give it a few years, but no, no, you're on your peak. I've watched videos recently. I'm like, oh yeah, I feel like you're maturing as a musician a lot more as well. I don't know, you're getting better and better. I think. But what do you think? What's like? What's the to do list? What do you want to? Is there any pieces you want to play? Any performances you want to do? Anything you like to record? Oh well. I'm always happy to, really happy to, to discover new pieces and so to face new challenges. Yeah. So, uh, next month, um, I'm going to play the um, Alexandre Desplat flute concerto. Oh, yeah. Peleas and Melisande. Yeah, yeah. In Vienna with him. So Is I'm he conducting? S- yes. Oh, wow. Oh, that'd be good. Yeah, because he was a flute player as well, wasn't yeah. he? Yeah. Have you met him before? No. Okay. Uh, I mean, this project was due uh, three years ago, and then uh, because of COVID, we had yeah. to cancel. And then the, the year after, he had uh, obligations in LA. Uh, okay. Yeah, of know. course. And yeah. Finally, this February, it happens. So Ooh, have I'm you glad. started? I've taken you've mm-hmm. started looking at the music, yeah. and how's it going? Well, I'm still in the process. Yeah. But, okay. Yeah. But uh, it's exciting. <sighs> That'll be a good one. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Is there anything? Any pieces you want to play specifically in the flute repertoire that you've never performed? Mm. I feel like you've done everything at this point, but maybe not. No, no, it's impossible to to have done everything. But maybe Emmanuel. Well, <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah, he's done everything for every other instrument too. But I don't know. You know, uh, maybe I'm a lazy person. It always comes with uh, <laughs> what's on the menu. I'm yeah. Gonna, I'm glad if it's Philippe Emmanuel Bach or if it's Erson or if it's... Okay. Um, yeah, last year with uh, Raoul Tavara, it was uh, um, unexpected. Well, I knew about the existence uh, yeah, uh, I of didn't. this yeah. concerto and once with Miko we were discussing yeah. and I told him oh you know there's a flute concerto he was like oh really <laughs> and and then a few months after the the our um artistic director came to me and told me well Miko wants to play this flute concerto wow. and then I looked at That's the score and then I saw it was for the poor flute and I was like oh <laughs> <Oopsies>. my god <laughs> <laughs> but that's how it came about you just had a conversation with Miko one day and then yeah it was played mm-hmm. awesome wow okay well yeah, I don't think there's much left on the to-do list for you. You've played it all, but I hope, I hope it's something new. I hope it's something big. There's always up. something new, and um, and there are old pieces which will be would be yeah. brand new for me. I mean, in the Baroque repertoire, there are so many things. Yeah, because you've obviously recorded a Bach album. Yeah, but uh, it's the, the... Have you played the CPE Bach concertos mm-hmm. with orchestra, yeah? Yeah, I had a project of recording, but it was just before COVID and it was cancelled. And then oh. afterwards, there was no more money. <laughs> no. <laughs> you know, oh. that's, that's life. Did you actually record them? Did you get to the point of recording them? or did? Uh, well, we had... The, 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 the recording session was 
planned and uh, the label was okay yeah. but then afterwards the label had no more money okay. and so it didn't blah, get blah, to blah. you didn't actually record no. it yet no oh, okay no okay because about to say if that exists i have to find that mm-hmm. okay okay some quick questions to finish up here well as quick as you can do them but don't panic um do you have a favorite flute concerto hmm that's a tough question um Everyone I've asked for, I said, well, you know, so many of them I love. Well, for sure, please excuse me. Uh, the, the, the one uh, I like mm-hmm. the less, or yeah. uh, which I don't like, is Rodrigo. My goodness. Oh, I, yeah. I, I Have hate, you played it? I hate this music. It's no, so I mean, hard, it, I think, it, as well. And it's so shouting all the time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But um, yeah, I can't see you playing that. Yeah, <laughs> among among the others, um, no one in particular. Okay. I mean, Mozart G major and Iber yeah. accompanied me all my life with yeah. my um, highlights and yeah. competitions and uh, yeah. blah blah blah. But um, every time I get to play or to play again or uh, yeah. a concerto i mean for for the moment it's my favorite because i'm so much yeah. involved into it that it's my favorite and then I, <laughs> that's a good answer yeah yeah i get rid of it and it's in another one and that's a really I, good answer i can't pick one Oh, that's a that's a good answer. You're going to embarrass everyone else that has the answer to this now. Um, do you remember the first ever flute album you bought, or first CD, or the feature of the flute? No, no idea. Do you remember your first CD in general that wasn't the flute from any kind of music? No. <laughs> oh. but I think it was more pop music. What kind of pop music would it have been? Well. Maybe the Doors or the Clash. Really? Yeah. Is that what you listened to when you were younger? The Doors yeah. and the Clash. Oh yeah. Oh, you were cool. Love it. You were always cool. Wow. <laughs> oh, yeah, because you studied in London for a little while as well, didn't you? You go to Guildhall for a little while. Yeah, it was an exchange when yeah. I was in the CNSM. Did you go and see any rock concerts or any cool concerts when you were there in London? No. 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 Unfortunately, no. Just flute, but, flute, flute. Uh, I remember we were. I can't. I can't tell you what they were playing. But we went to a, a concert to listen to the LSO, of course. Yeah. And the Queen was there. No and we way. had to stand up and they played the God Save the Queen. It was so special. Oh, that is cool, yeah. <laughs> You've never played for the Queen then yet? No, well, no. not the Queen anymore, no. the King now. But, but it's the only thing I remember from this concert. Oh, that is cool, yeah. Okay, that's very English then, yeah. Um, oh, if you could switch instruments and still be as good, what would you switch to? If you had the switch instruments, if you had to play a new instrument, not the flute, mm-hmm. what would you pick? Well, when I was younger, I would have said cello, but not anymore. Because, <laughs> you know, I was missing the basses. Ah, uh, yeah, okay. Um, <laughs> yeah. If we are... Um, generally, uh, I, I say that if I had the chance to be a great singer yeah. I would sign yeah. in definitely I would definitely say that but yeah. if we stay in the pure instrument yeah. I would pick the violin really? Oh, okay yeah. I can imagine you playing the clarinet no I can't 
No. No. No other wind instrument. You can't play any sure. of them, though. I can't either, don't. Uh, like, well, uh, well, I wouldn't have the feeling uh, for it. Have you ever tried to? Yeah, yeah. I started with the oboe. Oh, really? Yeah. Did you? As a child then, as yeah, a kid? Oh. Yeah. Okay, two questions left. Where is, you've obviously traveled the world. You've done all your concerts. Where's the best food you've got in the world? <laughs> Don't say Germany, that's a lie. <laughs> <laughs> I had so much good food in Germany. Know, yeah, 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 sure. Um, <laughs> everywhere I can find good food. Yeah, because you're very into food. You're. Oh, yeah. Japan, Korea. I was about to say Japan must be good, yeah. Yeah, but Italy, of course. Yeah. France also. <laughs> well, France is a bad either, yeah. yeah. Okay, well, you can have the four then. And yeah, probably last question then. Do you have a favorite alcoholic drink? Do you have a favorite cocktail? Mm. Or any alcoholic drink? Wine, first of all. Which kind of wine? Huh. <laughs> because I know you've got an answer for this. No, I don't. No? No, no, no. Sometimes I'm into white and sometimes into red. <laughs> oh, I, I thought want... you were going to give me all these names of beautiful French wines. I going don't to... <laughs> want to choose. I mean, some are, uh, yeah, burgundy wines. Mm. Okay. Uh, but cocktails, talking about cocktails. Um, um, yeah, I think my favorite would be the... Mojito. I, yeah. Or um, yeah. what's the name of the other Cuban one? Oh, Caprina. That no, one? that's not Cuban. Is it not? <laughs> I think it's Brazilian, <laughs> actually, isn't it? Yeah, that's Brazilian. Yeah. It's Brazilian. Cuba Libre. No, 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 no. It's still with rum and, and lemon. Um, and so your second favorite cocktail is? Daiquiri. Daiquiri. There. <laughs> that's a perfect way to end. Um, yeah, I think that's everything. We've got a lot of stuff there. We've talked for like an hour. Mm, and I um, feel like drinking a daiquiri now. Yeah, well, we can go for a daiquiri. <laughs> we can cut the camera, we can go for a daiquiri. Um, thank you very much for coming on this podcast. My it pleasure. is incredibly appreciated. Um, yeah, I'll just finish it by plugging quickly. Obviously, uh, you have three solo albums out. Fantasy, Bach, Mozart, all on Spotify, all with Sony mm-hmm. Classical. Let me get the other ones now. You're on the Duty You Chamber yes. Music album. Uh, Variation 5. Wind Quintet? Vincent Dandy. Oh, the Vincent Dandy. Yeah, I've heard that. That was yeah. quite a while ago, yeah. Uh, also, some chamber music recordings. Uh, the, the, the Trio. The Duty Trio. Yeah. yeah. With Harmonica. Was that the... What label was that with? Was that with Harmonica Mundi? Harmonia Mundi. Yeah, good stuff, yeah. <laughs> Not Harmonica. Yeah, close, close. <laughs> um, but that was great. That won an award as well, that yeah. album. Yeah. Okay, so go check out all those albums. Obviously, check out the Orchestra Philomonic to Radio Falls. I'll put all the links down in the description. And yeah, we're done. We'll go for a daiquiri. Thank you very much. Thanks.